I'm Laura Linney, and this is Masterpiece Classic. Previously on Downton Abbey. After Lord Grantham poorly invested his money, it looks like things are going to change in some capacity. Also, Lady Edith, much to the disappointment of everyone else around her, is going to marry Sir Antony. And the bubbling feud between O'Brien and Thomas continues, and Mr. Bates is still behind bars. So, let's move things forward. This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. We're back. We're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there, has there been any updates on the movie since the last time we recorded? No, I've been looking. Nothing no. really. I think we have confirmed that um, Maggie Smith... Uh, there was what, like a quote from like three years ago, of like how old would I be if Downton Abbey came back? So, but she's—I think she's one of the few confirmed people so far. She's got to come back. So her, yeah. uh, Mary, Jeannie Froggett, mm-hmm. they'll—they'll they'll all be there. I mean, no updates. Yeah, I guess. No, no updates <laughs> from uh, from Brendan Coyle. I well, I don't know what updates would come from him exactly. I mean, I guess we're just kind of waiting. I, there yeah. probably won't be any information until you know. Yeah. That's all there is in that front. Yeah. Um, we should just get to this episode. Yeah, this is a big one. <laughs> yeah, I thought this episode came much later in the season. I, I was surprised that it was already happening, uh, season three, episode three, uh, because it has one of the. This is a pretty big moment in the show. Oh yeah, this is a bit. This is a heavy, heavy episode in general. Yeah, kind of a slept on overall episode. I mean. The a, the B plot is pretty important, just as much as the A plot. I mean, isn't anything regarding Edith kind of slept on? <laughs> That's true, e- including Edith herself. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this episode get, begins with flowers coming to the mansion, the manor. Uh, this is like a a freaking like Vegas wedding. They are just getting married. Like we, they briefly mentioned at the end of the last episode, and they are already they're in it. They know the age difference. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta rush it along before he dies, right? Yeah. Uh, I like how Edith like comments, like the meta commentary, like something finally ha- is happening with me in the house. But at the same time, I feel like a lot happens with Edith in the house. So when she says like something's finally happening, it's like, actually, I feel like a lot happens with you. Yeah. Something that's good, though, maybe? Yeah. Well, will it be good? No. No. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so this episode kind of like repeats the last episode of what's been going on during this entire relationship between Edith and Sir Anthony, or Sir Anthony, however you choose to pronounce it. It's spelled <laughs> Anthony, but you can say Sir Anthony. The guy, the, he, he's old. He's very old. Yeah. And yeah. no one's happy. No. no I, believe, I believe Violet, Violet says, at my age, one must ration excitement. Hmm. What does that mean, you know? Because <laughs> she's just, you know... She's she's a little maybe reserved about this whole thing. I, yeah, I think everyone is reserved, but I feel like, thanks in part to Grandmama mm-hmm. and uh, Robert, you know, going back on his Sir Anthony ban. Yeah, I mean, at one point Grantham says uh, she'll be a nurse, and by the time fifty, wheeling around an old man. Yeah, which I again wrote that down. made me wonder how old is Sir Anthony? 
because if okay by the time edith is 50 how old is her Anthony gonna, 30 years he'll be at least 80 he'll be dead i mean <laughs> yeah. come on G- given medicine back then and everything there's no way he's pushing her him around in a wheelchair he's this thing will be dead by the time Edith yeah, is 50. he'll just be pushing his skeleton around and, and again we don't know how old sir anthony is but even if he's 40 he's an old looking 40 yeah yeah um but I think Grantham is coming around a little bit. He tries to convince himself that this will be good because he, he has like some statement where he's like, if she, if she's happy, that's enough happiness in the house or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then he takes a puff of, cig- of a cigar as he says that too. <laughs> like, <laughs> just got to calm the nerves, I guess. Uh, God, it's just, yeah, this episode is just so funny because like, then they have the interactions with Anthony where he's in the car with the Dowager and Isabel. He's like their peer. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? He looks just as old as all of them. And one of them says, like, you're going to keep up with Edith. And he says in the most high-pitched voice, I'll try. Like, <laughs> he's, a, he's a weirdo. Yeah, he sounds like a 13-year-old boy just finally, like, you know, getting his first girlfriend or something like that. Like, Even though he's he's previously married, right? Yeah. They've discussed that. Is he a widower? He must be. I think so. Because divorce is not uh, smiled upon in this world. I think so. that's how we're introduced to him, yeah. Um, sounds like they have a nice uh, vaca- like um, honeymoon lined up. Two weeks in Rome, Florence, then Venice. Venice, like yeah, and and they think it's a surprise. Or Edith knows, but Antony's trying to keep it on the the DL. What yeah. it is? Yeah, yeah. Wow, what a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, so you know, I mean, there isn't much to happen like to talk about. There's a lot of good comments about it, dude. Like. Um, he was. They said that during the wedding, he looks like he's about to take a beating from a headmaster, yeah. <laughs> Sir Anthony. Good commentary. And uh, uh, at one point, when when uh, I believe this is uh, the problem is, I write these quotes down and don't write uh, the exact context. context. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's if, I, if you oh. f- if you find one more excuse, I'll beat you about the head. But oh I think yeah, that yeah. Is Lady Mary. She also says, "I know we haven't always gotten along, and doubt that will change much in the future." At least Mary's keeping it real there with yeah, Edith. Yeah, what did Mary? What did Edith say when when Mary gets married? She's like status and looks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Edith makes some real snarky comment. Petty. Like, yeah. Look at what you're getting. Yeah. So for some reason, I, I Stralin is dressed in all black at this wedding. He's, <laughs> he's wearing a funeral. A, it's a black tie affair. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. This guy's just an oddball. Like, um, and and he has the gall. Like, come on now. He has the gall to say, I can't do this at the altar. After he 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 like looks at her, he's like, hello, my sweet one. Yeah, that's so weird. Why would you go that far and then the 11th hour just stop it right there? And then he like runs away. Like, honestly, like what? I, obviously this is a soap and, you know, it's all for the drama and everything. But what a piece of trash. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so weak. He's so like, wow. No one like what did Edith even see in this guy? Like I mean, like it's it's almost as if all the the struggle that Lord Grantham put on Edith, mm-hmm. Leanne Sir Anthony by telling him to like break it off. Yeah, all this bad will that he has against him is for nothing because Sir Anthony would have just done this anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the one way I was thinking about it was like you ever have like those people. I don't know. In life, you you run into some people and they become like quickly attached to you for some reason. And it's just like, I don't really like this person's attention or whatever. And you don't know how to tell them, like, stop, like, cut it out. And sometimes you just have to do, like, a, a harsh thing to really just get them to stop coming around. Uh, uh, this is as cold-blooded as it gets. Uh, you just said that whole thing. No, I'm not you've never been through that? those sentiments. You've never been through that? Well, was, uh, not really. You ever had to shut someone down? No, not, no, not like that. 
Well, no, I didn't run away on the altar. <laughs> well, I, no, I'm not saying I ran away on an altar, but you'd, you'd do it before the altar. Um, I guess this was Sir Anthony's way of letting Edith know this is never going to happen, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, it took it, him long enough to get there. Hopefully, message, message got conveyed though to Edith, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then, oh man, I shouldn't be laughing. But Edith afterwards is saying to the sisters, "You know, Sybil's pregnant. Mary's probably pregnant. Yeah, she's, she's just <laughs> letting it all out." Yeah. Go, oh my God. Oh, and I love when uh, Sir Anthony walks away during the owl. Carson gives like the harshest stare at Sir Anthony. Like he he's not standing for it at all. Yeah. And he's even crying, Sir Anthony, too, right? I mean, like... Well, clearly he likes her. Yeah. And it's, it's I think he just understands everyone else's sentiment that it's not a good long-time thing for her. Mm-hmm. But it's just, come on, Anthony. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, of all the places. Do it in private somewhere, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, he's always indicated, and she's always been like, who cares, who cares, who cares? Since when are you growing like stones? Like, yeah, and when it was the last episode too, where he was the one who said like, "I don't care, let's do this." Well, if you're so that way, why why now? Yeah, why, Aunt? Maybe to then maybe this is part of his long game was to be like, "Let's do this, let's get married," and then at the altar be like, "This is never going to happen," and that was the only way Edith could ever understand this was never going to happen. It was a long, cold-blooded, calculated move from Sir Anthony. Yeah. No? Okay. Yeah, no, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm thinking too much think into this. I giving him too much credit. Yeah, the guy seems like a aloof. Um, all right, so that that takes up a lot of the episode, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, a good segue from that is there's a, in, a sequence after uh, the altar mm-hmm. incident where it's downstairs and O'Brien says... I don't think I could stand the shame of being left at the altar. Oh, man. To which Thomas says, lucky no one has ever asked you. So cold. So mean. So these two are still at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Mostly yeah. because of Alfred still. Yeah. I love Alfred's uh, comment that like uh, Anthony's a crock of a man and Carson's like, you can't do that. You no, can't. You like, can't. I think he can. Yeah. Is that Hugh says that? Yeah, yeah. Because like, and then he's like, yeah, we'll give it that pass that one time, which is like, yeah, come on, man. This guy just left your one of your favorite people at the altar, right? I mean... Carson's favorite? Carson well, has no affinity towards the other two sisters. Yeah, it's just Mary. He, that, that one kiss she <laughs> yeah. gave him as a kid. Yep. Oh, uh, man. So, Thomas and O'Brien, mm-hmm. back to that. So, that's another kind of quick discussion. Yeah. Thomas puts a little uh, rumor in Mosley's ear. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that, this <laughs> that whole o- plot line. O'Brien is uh, lo- looking for or found another job? Mm-hmm. And Mosley brings up to Lady Grant, uh, Cora mm-hmm. that he has like a cousin or something that would be up, and he's like, "I can't say anything." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then no, it's very petty. This feud. It's also like so poorly strung out in the episode where like if they just say the words of what's going on, it would be all sorted out. But like Grantham's like, "Cora, come on, we got to go." And Cora can't tell Carson like what O'Brien told him, so he can't sort it out with O'Brien. It's just stupid. Um, but uh, they get it sorted out by the end of the episode. O'Brien's not leaving. But I, I find it funny, like how the reaction upstairs of like how like people are like, oh, that's okay. Mary and, and Matthew are like, hmm, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they like they take it so personally, like as if these like their family. I mean, I guess they do value them that way. These are an extension of their family. Uh, but it's a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And all these people are overworked. Mm-hmm. What was it? Daisy comments on this. You're in the soup, she says to uh, O'Brien. Thanks, Daisy. That, thanks for that. That comment. Daisy's like a really mean side character. I feel. Well, like. she's, I, she, she's not getting what she wants. We know that she wants to be higher up on the ladder, but she's... also she wants the attention of a, an Alfred. Yeah, they, they they only touch on that once in this episode where she's consulting Anna for um, dating advice. Uh, and at least Anna gives her some good advice. Like if you, they'll run away if you try too hard. The opposite of that is you try too hard, then you go to the altar, and then you have you get left at the altar, mm-hmm. you know? So you don't want that, Daisy. Yeah, then no. you literally run away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of learning Daisy can be doing from the the men and women around her. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because uh, I think Daisy and Edith's attitudes towards men are kind of similar. They just want the... They want Daisy any, and Edith? A little bit. They, I, I guess so. They want the attention. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Daisy's kind of a... I feel like they really want Daisy to be this beloved character, but I don't think it it works. She, yeah, I feel like she's also kind of warped by Pat Moore. Her Pat Moore's negativity kind of rubs yeah, and, off. And, and I feel like Pat Moore's negativity is indicative of her job. Yeah. So like Pat Moore's got a, a job that is stressful, and mm-hmm. Daisy always just complains about not having more responsibility, mm-hmm. and that she's already like so stressed as it is. Yeah. It's like, what do you, what more money to do more work that you already are complaining about doing? Mm hmm. Yeah. I don't understand the, I mean, maybe we'll get there. We had some with, uh, with her, with William last season, but Daisy Mm -hmm. is kind of, uh, put on a bit of a pedestal, I think, as far as, yeah, like Fellows puts a lot of time into her. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she's the one young one downstairs. So, like, you know, she should be getting the juicy storylines, I guess, but no, no. I mean, they're all kind of young, right? I mean, there's how old is Barrow? Like in his late twenties, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's just me ranting about Daisy. <laughs> yeah, I know she's one of your favorites. <laughs> I think she gets there. I just feel like they, with an ensemble show, you don't need to make time for people every episode. Yeah. And speaking of making time for people every episode, yeah. Freaking Ethel. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I was just looking through my notes again. I forgot she was even in this episode. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so she shows up on Isabel's door where she's helping these uh, reformed women, and it comes out that she's a prostitute now. Yep. And, and Isabel reassures her, it's okay if you're a prostitute. I'll help you so. I've never heard those words in my said to anyone in my life. <laughs> it's okay if you're a prostitute. <laughs> but And then all these, like, I, are they all these other prostitutes that <laughs> Isabel's trying to help sew, learn to sew? They're yeah. like, where's our food? We're only here for the food. <laughs> it's like this weird, like Muppet character just hanging around in the background. Like they're like totally cool being prostitutes mm-hmm. as long as they get like a soup kitchen meal. Yeah, they're like we'll sew this shirt for soup. And even if there's a rebuilding lives, I mean, what is? What they're not it, there for their lives to be rebuilt. They're there for soup. Yeah, yeah. What is Isabel meal? doing to stop them yeah, putting them on the streets? Isabel, it's not clear. I really don't like how on her own high horse Isabel is. Yeah. She's very self-righteous. Right. And I, I, it's fun. It's pretty obnoxious. Cause like, is she, like as much as she's trying to help these people and her heart's in the right place, is she actually helping them in the best way that's suited for them? Like, yeah, is sewing the way to like, you know, help them all out or you got to focus on their needs. This is a trend for her and mm-hmm. she, it's a good problem to have to be too nice of a person, but like, come on. Yeah. 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 Everything with her is like, I want to be able to help this person. It's like, get over yourself. Yeah. I mean, it was it was good at first, but now after years of this, because even though it's season three, it's been six years with her, 
it, it, it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, she goes to um, Hughes to talk to her about Ethel. I'm sure this will continue on into next week. That Ethel. My notes about Ethel. Uh, it says Ethel and Isabel colon prostitute exclamation point rinse repeat and that's all I wrote because it's <laughs> yeah. just the same old stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not a good character. It, it's it's kind of depressing. They just took this like lively like person who's trying to shake up the downstairs and just threw in the most depressing storyline. Yeah, I feel could... bad. Yeah, it's so wrong because she was like a quick wit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she just got pregnant. I guess this is a, an anti-pregnancy PSA. You will be a prostitute if you have a baby out of wedlock. Thanks, Julian Fellows. Thanks. Um, Wouldn't that be funny if it was like the way George Lucas, like everyone always says that the hands being cut off mm-hmm. is some like weird like nerd, you know, approximation of the way he is. Oh yeah. If Julian Fellows is like using these characters to preach his weird like <laughs> values. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Isabel's a stand-in for Julian Fellows. <laughs> <laughs> Isabel or or Ethel? Isabel. Isabel, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. The teacher, yeah. Um, speaking of other women who kind of are like Muppets in the background, um, Anna goes to investigate uh, what happened with Bates. Uh, Mrs. Bartlett. Miss Bartlett. <laughs> so so she, she, this was so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, Mrs. Bartlett's like, so do you have my money? <laughs> and Anna gives her the money, and then she's like, shame, I don't have any information for you. And then Anna's like, huh? And then Mrs. Bartlett's like, come on in, I'll tell you the information. <laughs> because like at one moment, it like, cuts to like, all these women looking up at them, and then they're like almost like those soup kitchen women, like, huh? <laughs> like, what, are she, what is this woman coming here to talk to her about? <laughs> Very strange for her to be like, I'm not going to give you anything. I love Vera Bates. Five seconds later. <laughs> cut, smash cut. Yeah. Here's all the information that I had. Yeah. And what does Bartlett do? She reconfirms the notion that maybe Bates did kill her. Yeah. Like, she, be, I mean, <laughs> that'd be wouldn't crazy. it be great if he did? <laughs> <laughs> she, she was a, a bad woman. Um, what, what, what happened? Do you think Anna would still love Bates if she found out he murdered her? No, wife? I hope not. I mean, we know what kind of character Vera was, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't kill your I mean, wife. It doesn't matter who you are. Don't kill your what wife. What a great, like, <laughs> twisted... That's what the movie starts off with, is like, oh, I really did do it. <laughs> so long. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, anyways, the show... Serial killer John. <laughs> he just that, gets that away. Be, uh, Jack the Ripper visits Downton. Yeah. Oh, he could kill Ethel. Dude, that's not She's cool. She's a prostitute. That's just too depressing. Like, who cares? <laughs> so it cuts to the prison, and it's just the prisoners walking in circles. Yeah. Is this a thing? I, I didn't know this was a <laughs> thing. I wrote that down, that, too. That's their aerobics back then, was just walking around in circles. Um, I can only imagine when they got the first, like, bar press in there or whatever, like, you know, weights. No weights. People were just, like, probably, like, hoarding over those things instead of walking in a circle. <laughs> yeah, and what's, what goes... Is this the one where Bates... What is his... What gripe does his Sally have with him? Is this because he thre- He said like, "Don't threaten me." Something like that. Yeah, they just don't get along, and he gets uh, he gets a tip to like check his bed, and the guy had stowed something in there. And the <laughs> best part about that is the officers are like, "Get against the wall!" Yeah. And Bates like has the thing in his hand, just yeah. out, and they're like, they pat through his bunk, and then they're like, "Nothing here. Let's get out of here." Yeah, they're, they're not like, 
look in his pocket. Yeah, it looks like a, like a parcel of tobacco or something like that. He's it's holding. Like a, it's like a burlap. I thought it was like a shiv or something. Well, no, he like kind of like grounds it out in the wall. I, I thought. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, does, he puts it in the wall. Yeah, that is so. It's so weird. So it's like a corrupt officer mm-hmm. gets paid off by Craig, yeah, his cellmate, right? And then it leads to that great exchange at the end where Craig says, "Bastards." <laughs> And what does Bates say? Bates, I wrote this down. There are a lot of bastards in here. Something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that is exactly what he says. Bastards. There's a lot of bastards in here. Because he's speaking about Craig. Craig, you're a bastard. <laughs> I, I love this prison drama. Like, I, I've said it before. This is my favorite thing in the season. Because it's just Bates just, like, you know, being, you know, just an action hero, pretty much, in his own prison it, <laughs> drama. Like Batman. Yeah. yeah. Craig is Bane. <laughs> yeah, the genius trying to bring down our, our beloved Bates. Oh, man, it's, it doesn't make sense why this guy would hate Bates so much. I don't know. I don't. Know. Sometimes you just meet a person that's like, "This is not meant to be." Maybe that. Maybe that. That. I'm gonna try to get you killed. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to see what next week holds in store for Bates. <laughs> um, what else was in this episode? Well, oh. there was a letter that. Oh, another Daisy thing. What? Lavinia. Lavinia wrote a letter to her father on her deathbed. Well, that's part of the storyline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's that, I totally forgot that that is a Daisy bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Daisy is the one that uh, sends it. Yeah, she's she's late to the party to share that information. Uh, yeah, we get back a death certificate for the, verifying that Matthew's getting the inheritance. Yeah, and after and, and Lavinia has already told her father mm-hmm. that that uh, you know she told her father that. She knows about Lady Mary and that she knows she still owes Cousin Matthew a debt of, like... Well, I mean, before we get there, I mean, he gets the letter. He gets it from this guy named Charcom, uh, who says, It must be strange receiving a letter from a dead man. It is. Yeah. I mean, what other response do you have to, like, it must be a strange thing getting a letter from a dead man? Like, what do you, what do you say to that? Like, nope. No, no, no. I get letters from the dead all the time. Yeah, that's that's Matthew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, a medium. Yeah, so I, I thought this was so messed up. So he's racked with guilt over reading this letter because, you know, it's like one of the last pieces of connection to Lavinia and her family. Mm-hmm. Mary reads that letter. That was so wrong. I was, like, actually, like, angry for Matthew in that moment. She had no right reading that letter. It's, uh, it, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily oh, agree. I found that very selfish on Mary's part. Like I understand you're concerned about the manor and this this inheritance. It's you have no business doing that. I know he's your husband. I well, I think the the thing that she I don't think she would have said anything mm-hmm. if it wasn't the contents weren't what they were. Yeah. I th- you know what I I think selfish might your sentiments are in the right place, but I feel like if your loved one didn't have the the willpower to do something, you should kind of take it upon yourself to to take you know do it but this also comes back around to the fact that no matter how much reassurance she got the past week from grandmama you know that they'd land okay and that even matthew and her were planning to move out on their own she still wants to stay at the manor which is again a little bit selfish i think so i don't i mean we don't know what the she doesn't know what the letter is gonna say yeah and she's obviously you know married so Mm -hmm. but either way yeah we find out about the letter Matthew's like, okay, well, I can give this money to Grantham, and we can we can take care of the house. And then when he tells Grantham, Grantham's like, I don't know if I want your money. Oh my god! Like, come on, just take the money, just take it. I think he finds a good compromise, though. Yeah, what, they're going to be co-owners of of the. It's an investment. Yeah, joint masters, as they 
So maybe this podcast should just change its name to the Lords of Grantham and Crawley podcast. Well, I mean, Robert's name isn't Robert Grantham. It's Robert Crawley. He's the Lord of Grantham. The oh, Lord. my gosh. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Oh, man. Long day. Long day here. Season three, episode three. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. I do love after he tells him about the inheritance, Ma- uh, Robert looks at uh, Matthew with such love in his eyes. That's his magical boy, and he just oh. produced m- money out of a hat. Out of a, a dead man's hat. <laughs> yeah. Must be strange receiving money from a dead man. Nope. Money's nope. money. Nope. Money's money. <laughs> um, speaking of dead people or not so dead people, we got news about Miss Hughes this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, not cancer. It's not cancer. All that hemming and hawing last week. Yeah. 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 I love how, like, you know, you see uh, early in this episode, Hughes and Patmore talking, like, is there any word from the doctor? Not yet. And then the, the Carson's just in the background, like, what? <laughs> and then it's, it just becomes everyone, no one can keep the secret. No, not at all. <laughs> just spreads all around. And then it's like, where did you hear this from? Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear it from anywhere. Yeah. But it is so sweet how Carson's con- con- like uh, concerned about uh, Hughes's workload and wants to like make it easy for her. Mm-hmm. Um, it really shows how much he cares about her. Um, and then, like, you know, it even comes back around to Hughes telling him, like, I know you told Cora. And, it, like, it heartened me to, like, know that you did that for me, which is, it's really just nice. They have a sweet relationship. Mm-hmm. Although it kind of oversteps its boundaries when he, uh, Carson's like, make sure she doesn't do anything or whatever. Towards, like, when the wedding's happening, he's just like, if she gets too tired, make sure, make sure she goes back. Like, trying to put her in a box or whatever. It's like, all right, all right, all right. Let her do her. Yeah, let her do her. Um, but, yeah, it's not cancer. It's benign. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he, we see Carson singing to himself, she, she stole my heart away. He has some pipes. Yeah. He's a, uh, hey, he was a... Uh, he was a Charming Charlie. Charlie Charming Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty sweet. Um, That was it. I mean, also in this episode, they went to go visit Downton Place because they're considering moving there. Yeah, it's a, a pointless endeavor. Yeah. It just sort of happens. It looked nice, though. I did. Like they what? got like lots of property. Yeah, sell Downton Place. Yeah, why would you be hung up and moving there? And also, like Grantham in that scene, he looks like he's dressed up as like the the bad guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> <laughs> with that that white top hat and the white suit. Like that, that's he, he looks like a bad guy. He could a bad guy. Yeah, you look like dapper the, the bad guy from Indiana Jones. Um. Oh, also the people in town for the wedding. They cut to a shot of like Branson just sitting there in the room. I was like, "What did?" Yeah, there's, I was actually just gonna say that. Like, how did he get here? <laughs> the Sybil and Branson are just like around. Yeah, yeah, they just. And I, to show I up. believe that uh, Lord Lord Grantham refers to Branson as our tame revolutionary. <laughs> oh man, you think you tamed him? You think you did? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um. Oh yeah. Uh, let's just go through some quotes from this episode. Uh, Edith re- re- Edith refers to herself as a spinster by the end of the episode. She's not too far off by uh, the way things are going, which is kind of depressing. Uh, there's that exchange between Sybil and the, the Dowager. Um, you won't sweet, sl- sleep a wink on your uh, on your honeymoon, and uh, tonight or tomorrow, Sybil says. Oh, and the Dowager's like, pardon, don't use that vulgarity or whatever. That was I actually really like the the little spark in Sybil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't see that that often. Mm-hmm. I do like when when we get these human moments from Violet because she's a really good character, mm-hmm. and she is like the 
they just put her in a room to sort of have comments in some scenes, like in the scene with Richard Carlyle breaking up with Mary. Yeah. Like she's just there for quips. Yeah. And it gets to the point where you're like, all right, somebody's got to like put her in check. And then Sybil absolutely puts her in check in this. And it's funny because it's like, oh, these are, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you can't like, you can't dodge human nature. And she's like, oh, hello. Yeah. 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 It was a joke. Yeah, that's it's pretty nice to yeah think of her as less than just a quip machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was also the oh no, I, it wasn't a line. It was a uh, it's playing with Hughes in this episode where she's like ill, and we find out she's not actually ill. She's you know the benign thing, but they do that classic thing of like trying to make her look like she's sick, where they just put less makeup on her, <laughs> like a little paler. Yeah, yeah, she just looks a little pale in the face and stuff. She's just stressed. She's yeah. got a lot on her mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just that little attention to detail, I, think I, I noticed st- it. Stylistically, I really like the this sort of setup and breakdown of the wedding. Mm-hmm. The way that it sort of uh, they like rolled out the carpet and they had like a bird's eye view shot of the carpet rolling out. Oh yeah, yeah. Very nice, uh, nice look. direction. Very pretty, especially after they just had a wedding three episodes ago. Yeah, they did, and I did like that they made their wedding uh, a lot more like. It felt rushed. Yeah. Like, you know there's the f- no archbishop in this episode. Yeah. You know what the funny thing is in episode one, though? Because it cuts away before Ma- uh, Matthew and Mary can say anything. I think Matthew actually said, I can't do this also. And <laughs> yeah. then they went through that whole thing. And then they, they got- I mean, they shot it with Anthony, Sir Anthony first, and they liked it so much. They said, we can't reshoot this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so they, you know, they changed it up and then they got married. Um, let's get to our power rankings. Sure. Who is down? I can start this. Sure. Start. Uh, number three, I have O'Brien. Me too, Ty. Yeah, yeah. People were, you know, gossiping about, you know, her leaving the place and everything. Yeah, Thomas got the upper hand in this this uh, round. It's a bad look. Bad, yeah, simple. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's going to be pretty easy for the down ones, but it depends on how it falls. I have number two, Sir Anthony. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I did not give him the time of day. He doesn't deserve a spot. Wow. So he's not in your down rankings at all. No. Really? He's a he's a son of a gun. I don't want him there. Wow. Okay. Well, well then who's your number two? The prostitute. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> she has a name. Ethel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's having a she's rough. She's falling go. on hard times. Yeah. That's true. It is, it is true. I I didn't I. You didn't give her the time. I forgot day. she was in this episode, man. They spent like one and a half scenes on her. <laughs> yeah. Well. Because you know who's had the worst week. Yeah. Edith. Number one. Yeah, Edith. Edith. A spinster. Yep. It it can't get much worse than that. Even if you are a prostitute, it can't get much worse than (laughs) than being left at the altar. When she runs into the bed, it's the most overdone shot of the weeping. Oh, she throws the veil off and it goes into slow-mo as the veil (laughs) falls down and And, everything. And she runs so her face is perfectly centered and she's weeping and crying. All right. Yeah, I I feel bad for Edith, though, actually, in this episode. Of course. Yeah, you got it. You got it. If you don't, you're a real jerk. Anthony. You're a bastard. (laughs) Yeah. Sir Anthony, you're a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) Sir Anthony. (sighs) Imagine if Carlisle showed up again. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Because you know Edith loves the old men. If Carlisle would show back up. Why wouldn't Carlisle go for Edith? Because the money's not there. Uh, that's. But he's got the money. He wants the fame. That's true. And you got to think about this. He's a newspaper man. This is going to be in the newspapers. He's probably, he's probably thrilled. Oh, yeah. He, Could we get like a smash cut to, to he, Richard Carlisle sitting like, here, like hot off the presses. Uh, <laughs> Edith Crawley left at the altar. Ah, yes. Yes. <laughs> All according to plan. 
Um, so who is up this week? For my number three, I have Robert the Earl of Grantham. Same, same. He's a, he's getting our, money. The fairy tale boy. Yeah. You know the wedding that he didn't want to happen. Mm-hmm. He's uh not happy, but it doesn't happen. Yeah. So long term, he doesn't have to deal with uh, family vacations with Sir Anthony. Yeah. And and that dovetails into my number two also. That it's Matthew getting oh, the money. I had Matthew number one. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's just money. Well, who's it's your mo- no? But it's the emotional thing. Yeah. Really? I didn't yeah. feel that much emotion for him. I'm, he he's he's freed of all guilt. Him dealing with Mary and that stuff really bothered me. Well, who wait? Who is your number two? Mrs. Hughes. She's my number one. She beat death. She beat cancer. She beat the fear of cancer. Yeah, that's more than money. More than anything money can buy. Hey. Oops. Yeah. Also, Clarkson, this episode, in his interaction with Carson, I can't tell you anything that's going on, but it's not cancer yet, or whatever. Like, or he doesn't say cancer, but you can go, like... He is turning into, like, Dr. Hibbert. He's, yeah. like, totally unqualified. Oh, yeah. Get Clarkson out of there. He's not... Why is he still in there? Yeah. He's, no, he's more like Dr. Nick. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Clarkson. Oh, man. Good Simpson references. No, oh, yeah. Keep yeah. them coming. Yeah. All right, I think that settles it for the, for this week. Yeah. We need to move on from Sir Anthony. Yeah, but I don't. Know, I, I, to those of uh, we might have some new listeners. Oh yeah, because uh, with the movie coming, mm-hmm. we decided we're not showing up. The Lords of Grantham aren't showing up on iTunes without the words Downton Abbey in our name. <laughs> Go figure. SEO, you know, search engine optimization. You need to have the word Downton in there. Yeah, who'd have thought? Yeah, people aren't searching Grantham, so mm-hmm. we are. Uh, I guess. Do, is it Lords of Grantham Downton Abbey discussions? Is that is that what it is? Because it cuts it, it cuts is. off the diss at the end or Downton Abbey diss track. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't fi- figure out what <laughs> you went with because I suggested Downton Abbey discourse, which I feel like it sounds more proper. Well, maybe we can just change it again. No one's we're going to read that third word. They're yeah, just going to see Downton Abbey discussions. Yeah, and for those that found us on iTunes. We're well aware that it's a picture of us at the Hoover Dam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the iTunes store, it's like that picture of us, but once you subscribe to the podcast, it's our proper... It's our proper photo, If but... anybody knows how to handle this through iTunes, if anyone at Apple Management is listening, yeah, help I, us out. Why Why is the, the lead photo of us, you know, you using a selfie stick and me wearing the, the Samuel Jackson, like, golfer hat? Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird photo. <laughs> Yeah, but, well, you know, like, if you are new to this podcast, let us know. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you're starting from the top, get ready for a little... Uh, a little bumpiness, but it gets yeah, better. Yeah, that's the thing, is that, you know, yeah. all the, stick with it. Yeah, follow us on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just let us know how you're feeling, how you like it. Yeah, hit us up. We're very responsive. We'll catch you next time. Lord's Grant the Podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>